You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. What I'm really taking away from listening to you explain these is, you know, in a sober mind, all of these things sounds, or at least a lot of them sound really easily avoidable and and kind of silly almost like, how did you fall for that? Um, But I, my guess is that a lot of these people, if you sat down and asked them, does that really make sense? Like, do you see why that would be maybe not likely that it's the reality is what's being presented to you that most people are probably going to go, Oh yeah. Um, and the reason they don't is because they're at a place of high emotion. They're, yeah. they're either lonely or they're fearful, right? The, oh, the FBI is coming now. They're scared. And there's some type of extreme positive or extreme negative emotion that's clouding their judgment. And that can happen in any area of life, not just cybercrime. It can yeah. happen in the hiring decisions that we make as business owners. It can happen in the um, the way we spend our money. It, it, you know, non-fraudulently spend our money as business owners. It can happen a lot of different ways. When we're at extreme emotional points, we need to find a way to detach from that emotion. And that detachment first comes from recognizing what the emotion is. A lot of people are making decisions at, at high emotional peaks or valleys without even knowing what the emotion is that they're feeling. Like we've got to stop what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? Okay. Right. How could that maybe be impacting me? Oh, it maybe is making me a little bit more excited to get this deal done than normal. And that awareness is the first step to, I think, gaining what you're calling the common sense that's yeah. going to allow you to avoid a lot of these scams. Yeah. It's fear fear and greed are two big emotional drivers and they play off of both of those. You know, you want a lottery that you didn't enter, you know, um, you know, those type of things. That doesn't make sense. You have to pay money in an after you've won the lottery, you have to pay the taxes in advance on it before you get your million dollar payment. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. So all of these schemes uh, rely upon uh, some type of emotional hook. And when, you know, there's always going to be that. Never let emotions impede your ability to see things that don't make sense, right? Besides the emotion, something's not going to make sense, right? Sheriff's departments do not issue arrest warrants and they let people pay the uh, the, the, the fine through a gift card over the phone, right? That doesn't make sense. So never let emotions, whether it's fear, greed, loneliness, which creates an emotional issue as well, never let that impede your ability to see the emotional hook. And if you do that, you're more than that. And, and I, I think you make a good point, Sanger. You know, when we look at it here, we're talking, you know, clear-minded. We're not emotionally invested in a situation. We're not in it. There's not urgency around our decision-making right now. And so it's easy to say, well, I wouldn't fall for it. I had a uh, had a friend of mine a few years ago that her dad had fallen victim to one of these romance scams, and and she knew it was a romance scam, and she had tried to communicate that to to her dad. It had all the classic signs: the person you know lived overseas, they could never meet face to face, and it just kind of never do going. a FaceTime, right? Never right. Skype, nothing. What do you what do you think someone could say? 
that could sort of break that mental block that that a victim is having as they're in the scam? What do you say to them to get them out? Sean, that's a that's a great question. Here, I'll start with what you don't say. Don't criticize them. Don't say how can you be so stupid? Because um, yeah. people will say that, and then you're causing the victim to retreat. Right? They're not going to tell. Oh, they're not going to say anything anymore. They're not going to tell you about it, and they want to rationalize their own behavior. I wasn't stupid. This is a real thing. I'm going to keep sending money to prove to myself that it wasn't a real thing because eventually this person is going to FaceTime me. Eventually they're coming to the United States to meet me as they're promising. Yeah. So if you start to um, if you start to criticize them, then they pull away from you and they'll probably end up sending more money till they have no more money to send. So let's sit down, mom. Let's sit down, dad. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about what happened and let's see if this really makes sense. And I know the situation you're in, but kind words, working through the logic of it and uh, and understanding you know, real life examples, showing them examples where people have lost everything and they will keep going after you till there's no money left. That's how brutal these people are. Um, so, but certainly not criticism. Yeah. When, when you look at all of, you know, what we've talked about, what you learned from the FBI, what would you say would be your biggest single tip uh, for people who are trying to avoid being falling victim to this? Yeah, just be, you know, be careful, and the, I guess the good decisions involve again the emotional part. Um, be careful when everyone's asking you for information, unsolicited information, whether it's a text message, an email. Anytime you're being pulled emotionally, there's a problem with your account. You know, let's fix this right away before it gets worse. That's another emotional thing. You're going to get in not only to your email account, now they're getting into your bank account. Does that make sense, really? So those type of things, but also as you get a little bit. Um, uh, older and you know a lot of people don't want to admit this, but uh, they don't want to ask for family members to have joint control of accounts or to have extra authority required before money is transferred yeah. out of an account. But that's a big, uh, a big, um, uh, uh, important way that we can we can help people. So you know, did you know that uh, that your mom is trying to withdraw twenty thousand uh, dollars from this account? No, I I had no idea. And that's an actual phone call I got just the other day from one of my clients. Um, who had already set fifty thousand, and uh, and uh, and then finally the person at the bank said this doesn't sound right. Called the son, and the son said no, that shouldn't be happening. So having family members involved in these kind of decisions and and the checks and, and balances, I can't walk into a bank as an eighty five year old person and drain the account dry cash over the counter uh, without someone calling another person in the family to say this is happening. That just doesn't make sense that banks would let let that happen. But the law is the law. I mean, if somebody wants their money out and there's no other names on the account, they have to give that money to that person. Oh, I, I, had, a, I had a friend of mine whose mom was in that vulnerable situation, and he finally had to just change all of her banking and financial records to just come to his house. And he was able to catch a lot of stuff because she had been giving to charities, you know, just kind of over and over and, and actually forgetting that she had already given money. And uh, giving again, and, and it was uh, she was pretty vulnerable. Thanks for making the great decision to listen into this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. 
We read all of your comments. So if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.